0: Richard Lloyd-Jones and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head another Christmas period and all that that brings the packed parking lots the festive yuletide happy hours cooking and eating the fatted calf and maybe in a quiet reflective moment a spark of Christmas spirit will catch flame inside you and for a few seconds or moments or if you're lucky hours you'll feel a deep sense of peace and connection with your fellow man of the universe that you recognize as the Christmas spirit. Those tantalizing moments are tragically short-lived. Some of us complain that they don't like this time of year because we should have this spirit all year round. It's fake and phony, they say. But it doesn't feel that way to any who are still enough to allow themselves to receive the grace and depth of that spirit. The Holy Spirit, we can call it. And we should take time to remember that this time of year is for honoring that divine presence. Yes, Christmas of all times, it's time to remember that. Glorification and the Christmas Spirit. Today, I'm thinking with somebody else's head. Well, at this time of year, it's customary to remember friends and family. and I'm a long way from my true family, but surrounded by friends. And uh, especially you listening to our radio programs. So I give you, our Stop Radio Network listeners, a big all the best of the season to you. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that it's all peachy for everyone on the planet. Just because it's Christmas doesn't mean the horror and fury stops for all, or for any of us, actually. But for those who have relative peace and abundance, it falls on us to double our efforts to be the change we want to see in the world, as Gandhi put it. Time to leave our selfish concerns a little and make our contribution to helping the world be a little bit better, because the suffering is real. In fact, we all suffer from this profane society we live in, and changing that means going deeply into ourselves to see how we are resistant to being the truth of what we are. Herberto Keppi's work shows us that the essence of life is goodness and truth and beauty, the values we raise high in this Christmas period, but the rejection of those essential elements is something we all do in our daily lives, and collectively, of course. So, treating that maliciousness inside ourselves is essential work for any who want to really participate in a new age. Augustine, after all, went deep to explore his evil tendencies as a way to be more virtuous, and Kepi helps us to do that as well by becoming conscious of the attitudes against goodness, truth, and beauty that we all hold. And I'm aware as I write that there is a big wave moving against defining universal virtue these days. Moral relativism is high in interest as a philosophical worldview, and so the universal precepts are being stripped away from our language and law and even from our education. It's not a small thing either. When lawyers sue schools to remove Christmas from the seasonal presentation of a charty brown Christmas, on the grounds it violates the separation of church and state, we who feel a little of the reverent Christmas spirit consents. it's all gone too far. Senior citizens in Los Angeles were told they couldn't have Christmas trees in their apartment complex because Christmas trees are a religious symbol. Well, (laughs) enough of this blowhard insanity. Let's talk about Christmas as it was meant to be talked about. Glorification and the Christmas spirit when thinking with somebody else's head returns on the Stop Radio Network.
1: Thank you for listening to the most relevant conversations in the world about stopping the destruction of ourselves and the planet. This is the Stop Radio Network.
0: I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, host of Thinking with Somebody Else's Head here on the Stop Radio Network. You know, I receive emails all the time from people who resonate with our shows and the science behind them, called the Science of Analytical Trilogy. People like Trilogy's perspective on economics and health and energy, how Trilogy's psychological perspective goes to the root causes of human problems. But sometimes people ask me, but what can I do about all this? How can I help to contribute to the greater consciousness on the planet? I tell them the same thing. Our trilogical books and TV shows are a rich source of knowledge that you need if you want to be an effective change agent today. Analytical Trilogy books are available on our site at stop.org.br. There's dozens of our Stop TV programs there, too. So you can read, watch, pass the info onto your networks, and let's see if together we can restore human society to its correct state stop.org.br. That's your site for the science of the 21st century.
1: You're listening to the Stop Radio Network from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Our programs are based on the landmark science of Dr. Norberto Kepi, and there are many exciting applications of his work occurring in Brazil and numerous other locations around the world. This includes language classes, translation services, psychology sessions by phone or Skype, and the new energy solutions proposed by the Kepi Motor. Kepi's expansive science is outlined in his many books and TV programs, all available through our site at stop.org.br. Now back to Thinking With Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Stop Radio Network. Richard Lloyd-Jones with you. Our program, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. and Claudia Baron-Huppershek was with me again. Good morning, dear Claudia.
2: Good morning, John. <laughs> Good morning, our listeners. Yes.
0: We're coming close to the end of the world now. Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been I'm reading about this. smiling
2: because <laughs> if the end of the world means the end of this world, I'm happy. Yeah, me too, (laughs) me
0: too, exactly.
2: (laughs) This organization, this world order, this spirit that we are now having to... Deal with. Deal and to, like, to carry like a cross. Yeah. You're carrying a big cross now lately.
0: I was thinking of this because I was doing the introduction to uh, a recent program we did called the, The Science of Spirits. And I, as I was writing it, I, I have many impressions as I'm writing these shows, you know, writing the introduction to these shows, which I, I decided when I first started this program I was going to be very faithful in scripting, not just going off the top of my head. I have many experiences as I'm writing these. One is that I often feel a lot of spiritual help, like an assistance, ideas put in my mind, go to this book of Dr. Kepi's for inspiration, things that come to me that way. At the same time, I have a lot of contact with my friends from Canada who are not very much believers in this aspect of our, what we talk about in our radio programs. They, they like a lot our social issues that we talk about. But when we get into these things more spiritual, more esoteric, transcendental, uh, this is more difficult for them.
2: It's interesting because more and more lately you s- you, you can watch uh, TV programs that speak about ghosts, visions, demons, exorcisms, possessions, being haunted, seeing things that apparently doesn't do not exist, yeah. children that are... Uh, followed by spirits, and they talk to spirits. But more and more and more, those channels they bring a lot of options of those films. Interesting, your yeah. friends are yeah. so backwarded.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is. I come from this world, you know, and and uh, it's so interesting because uh, it's like. As I'm writing, I can feel this kind of resistance, which also is in me, of course. But I can feel it related to what would my friend say if he heard this. Uh So I have to plunge forward. And so I I like these programs a lot because they give me an opportunity to Uh deepen in my understanding. So here we are coming to the the end of the world as we know it. And uh, I was reading, uh, you and I received uh, an email. Actually, I received this from one of our listeners, actually about a a doctor's experience with the afterlife uh, called Heaven is Real. It's a book he wrote. And one of our lovely listeners, Margaret, sent me this article thinking that you and I would be interested in this, and of course we are. I,
2: I am, and I read this article she sent. I yeah. didn't read the book yet, yeah. but I read the article and I appreciated it a lot. And For
0: sure, and Margaret's a faithful listener. She's been listening for a number of years. She sends me, every once in a while, sends me articles. If you want to send ideas for us, we're really open to that. Jones at stop.org.br. But he described, and one of the things he described in his coma, he was in a coma for seven days I believe and um, yeah, then he he came out of the coma after seven days back in 2008. But 2000, you have to mention that before
2: that he was absolutely s- skeptical yeah. about those uh, life after life experiences or yeah. life after death, death experiences, yeah. Yeah. people that go and come back. Yeah. He understood the, uh, it was a product of the activity of the cells, brain cells, and these things.
0: Yeah, neurons were not neurons, firing correctly. Yeah. Yep. And that's right. He's a neurosurgeon.
2: And another actually. interesting thing, this is the second case that I see about n- n- neuron surgeons yeah. being affected in their neurons. <laughs> Having, one is a French doctor that wrote a book about how to heal how he healed his cancer, the brain cancer, very, very rare kind of brain cancer, and it was exactly in the in the part of the brain that he was researching about. And the, yeah, and this guy also he was studying the the brain cells, mm-hmm. and he somatized in his brain. So this is so amazing because this is this is very common, like singers somatize in the throat. Uh oh, for sure. Ah. Uh, Heart, doctors of the heart, cardiologists, they many times traumatized in the heart. Um,
0: Piano players hurt their hands. Yes.
2: So (laughs) this is so amazing to see that there is something going on in this area when people are interested in some professions and they focus in that area. And if the focusing of that area is due uh, to some unconscious motive or if they are focusing wrongly that study, you feel the consequences, because energetically speaking, conceptually speaking, you are uh, uh, dealing with wrong energies. This is so amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. If you do a research on that, if anyone does a a serious research, they will find amazing data. How often a person dies... Uh, out of a, a disease or an accident related to his field of interest.
0: That's incredible. Like a resonance in some way? like a, It's
2: interesting. Uh, yeah. And also some psychiatrists, many, many cases of suicidal attempt and suicidal, succeeded suicidal people that they commit suicide. Yeah. And um, many of them are b- uh, belonging to the uh, psychiatrists, uh, to the psychiatrist's field. psychiatry field,
0: Incredible.
2: psychiatric field.
0: Well, as you said, this doctor from uh, Harvard Medical School, and uh, he's the son of a neurosurgeon and is a neurosurgeon himself, was very much oriented to the traditional modern view of medicine, which would say that these kinds of near-death experiences are products of Fantasy or delusion or some something wrong in the brain circuitry, as you suggested, and he's written this book to show that that's not at all what happened. He is now converted to a, a larger uh, perspective, and he says that his his uh, he journeyed to another larger dimension of the universe. Literally, went there. His consciousness did a dimension he'd never dreamed existed before. And uh, which the old pre-coma hymn would have been more than happy to explain was a simple impossibility. But it happened to him. And one of the things he described, Claudia, that gives me great, a great uh, feeling of uh, expansion in my heart is this. He said that um, there were flocks of transparent, shimmering beings arced across the sky leaving long, streamer-like lines behind them. (laughs) Uh, That makes my, my heart sore. He said, birds, angels, those words registered later when he was writing down his recollections, but neither of those words do justice to the beings himself, which were quite simply different from anything he's ever known on this planet. They were more advanced, higher forms. But tell more, they sang, right? They sang. uh,
2: And if they didn't, what would happen to them? They would explode of happiness, something like this. Go see if you find
0: this. So I've just got a couple of pages here. He said, a sound, huge and booming like a glorious chant, came down from above. And I wondered if the winged beings were producing it. Again, thinking about it later, it occurred to me that the joy of these creatures as they soared along was such that they had to make this noise, that if the joy didn't come out of them this way, Mm -hmm. then they would simply not otherwise be able to contain it. Yes. (laughs) They would explode or something, as you said. The sound was palpable, almost material, like a rain that you can feel on your skin, but doesn't get you wet. Look, at that description is so beautiful. Yeah.
2: It's a kind of energy, manifestation of energy, God's energy, that we don't we don't have the slight no. the idea. slight idea.
0: I, I think we experience it a little bit when we listen to music that we love. We can be lifted, but in this sense of feeling it like a palpable so heaven is material. much
2: better than earth <laughs> as it is yeah. now presently. But you know something, Jones. When I was younger, and I. I was a kid. Sometimes I felt so happy that I had to express some of my happiness because if I didn't, I felt I would explode. (laughs) Wow. And this uh, kind of joy manifested after very simple feelings of love, affection, simple things of life. Sometimes my mother said, Claudia, let's go to Feira. Like, uh, Feira was a place on the streets, yeah, a street. Yeah, street fair, a little street, street market. Fair, yeah, yeah, where you buy cheese and ham and biscuits and, and fruits. Now it, we have very few of those in Sao Paulo nowadays. But it used to be so fun for a child to go with their mother, or yeah. her, his mother, her mother, yeah. to a place like this. So I was jumping like... High, i made I did like I gave high jumps, yeah, yeah. so I screamed of joy, and later in life, I had many times this sensation of having such a joy inside that I could not bear it and and this I always felt it was linked to directly to God and to simple things, simple things like Christmas time, yeah uh seeing a friend being with someone you love and thinking about the mercy and the love of God and he and thinking about his uh birth on the like here the christmas day or night or time so all these feelings of affection and being alive just by themselves should bring us naturally this feeling of joy that he describes there beautiful yeah, and we are losing so much.
0: Oh, no, my gosh.
2: We are losing no, so we're, much, Richard. We're,
0: we're living in a in like a little narrow band of experience, Claudia, where we try to squeeze out a little bit of joy with these um, totally secondary things, this level and of And it's
2: not even joy, happiness. it's just pleasure, yeah, isn't maybe, it? Yeah. It's a kind of pathological pleasure because joy, as he describes in this text, it's very much linked to divine energies, yeah. very much so.
0: So, Be- Beethoven used to say that he could feel God here he could hear God shouting in his head yeah. and the only thing that gave him relief was to write it down yes. so he literally wrote yes. down what he heard in this his head
2: this is what happened with the book glorification that Dr. Keppi wrote I ah, yes I remember I was with him many of the the nights or days where he got those inspirations from God and he it was a, a necessity for him to write what he received from the divine voice, divine uh, sound in, inside of himself. So the book, Glorification, was completely, totally written under inspiration. And it's not only a theological book. It's mostly a scientific book, very therapeutic book, very beautiful, by the way. Yeah. And he used to wake up during the night, three, two, three 2, 3 in the morning, and and he said, let's go to the top of the mountain. And so we will see the stars a little bit. And we walked uh, in a small road, and we went in the top of the hills in a countryside house we had. And he was like, and we were watching the sky and seeing millions in this dark night with no Interference of electricity or any other interference, so you could see heaven almost through sky, like transcend the sky and see heaven through it. My God! So, my God! (laughs) So he wrote. So you could you could adapt the writings of that he did with the with with the music of Beethoven, for instance, and a beautiful uh, video or something that you could. Have about nature, and this would be a trilogy of his writings and the music
0: an excellent idea. And,
2: and the video. Uh, it would be almost yeah. heaven for yeah. us.
0: But we'll come back and talk more about this wonderful book and this experience of spirituality here as we get closer, not only to the end of the world, <laughs> so called, but to Christmas time. So, back in just a moment. I'm thinking with somebody else's head on the Stop Radio Network. Home to
1: Think. Somebody else's head, healing through consciousness, analyzing the 1%, and the conscious company. This is the Stop Radio Network.
0: This is Richard Lloyd Jones. Our programs are based on some remarkable scientific research and clinical practice emerging from Brazil. The scientist whose work orients us all here on the Stop Radio Network is called Dr. Norberto Kepi, and his science is called Analytical Trilogy. It's an analytical science that touches all areas of human endeavor. KEPI has new economic proposals that will lead us to a just society. Educational approaches that unblock our creativity so we learn more quickly. Psychosomatic health perspectives that clarify the root causes of our health problems and then treat them. And a revolutionary technological philosophy that has led to the KEPI motor, an innovative magnetic motor that's up to 90% more efficient than traditional motors. It truly is the science for a new, just, and sustainable society. And we're going to share the magnitude of this science with the world at our World Conference on Analytical Trilogy coming up July 6th to 13th, 2013. I'd like to invite you right now to join us in beautiful Brazil. It'll be a great energetic wave you can join. July 6th to 13th, 2013. More information is available by email jones at stop.org.br. Love to see you there. Join us.
1: This is the Stop Radio Network. Broadcasting from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Back in 1986, Norberto Kepi wrote a book that predicted the worldwide economic crisis we're facing today. Liberation of the People critiques the pathology of power that lies at the base of our inverted social system and points the way out. This is essential reading for anyone wanting to find out how we got in such a mess and how we can get out. Liberation of the People, available in print or downloadable versions now at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. You're listening to Thinking With Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Our program is based on the science of analytical trilogy. If you're interested in learning more, you'll find information about books, TV shows, and any upcoming congresses or teleclasses on our site at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. Now, back to Thinking With Somebody Else's Head with Richard Lloyd-Jones and Dr. Claudia Bernhard Pacheco on the Stop Radio
0: Network. Our program is thinking with somebody else's head, named after a discussion I had with the Cesar Sauce. That we are affected by the thinking of people, and we don't even know that. So we're thinking with the philosophies and heads of other people. And we're in this program trying to orient us to a correct way of thinking. I'm with Claudia Baron pasheko and you were as you were talking about your experience with Dr. Kepi writing this book. You know, when when I read this book, it's a beautiful book. I'm going to read some parts from it in a minute, but when uh, I read this book, I had no idea that it was written in the way that you described it, going to the top of a mountain, looking at the stars, feeling the universe, feeling the It was like a,
2: a romanticism. That was not um, a romanticism between m- m- man and woman. Yeah. It was much more than that. It was a friendship or a link Two people being together um, under the spell, could you say this? Yeah, sure. Of the love of God. Yeah. So we together for the love of God,
0: There's not, loving this is, him. This, is, a, this is, is not a new experience for me to, to know about. There was a mystic in the 12th century, I think, a saint, who wrote, who wrote about his love of God, and he wrote a beautiful poem about that that was turned into a piece of music by Lorena McKennett, and I'm searching for the title, I can't remember it now. Dark Night of the Soul, I think, and it's a poem that he wrote of his love for God, and, you know, when we think of this, a man showing love for God, for example, it seems like, oh, my God, but this is so beautiful what you're describing. What it's- about a couple? And what about even
2: even better? (laughs) Even better. This should be the case of all couples. Yeah, this it's like living a dream, dream of love for God. This is being in heaven. Incredible. Having the opportunity to be in heaven at least for (laughs) periods (laughs) when you are not disturbed by other interferences.
0: Yes. Should I take something from this book while we're? thinking of it.
2: Yes. Yes. I see that, uh, for instance, lately, uh, uh, some researchers of the University of California in San Diego, they were able to prove that our brain, they have a kind of harmonic activity in terms of even music. harmony. In the waves of the brain and the neuro, uh, the, the, it's like a cerebral music, as they they call it. Comparing the music of the hemispheres to this uh, music of the spheres, or sp- you know that yeah. that a f- few astronomers um, claimed to hear when they studied the the universe. Right. That there is a music and a harmony in our brains too, in our neurons too, like the stars. So we come from the stars, we come from the same source. And they found out that when there is an interference in this harmony caused by anything, and they say schizophrenics have this cacophonia. Uh-huh. You know
0: Cacophony.
2: Cacophony. Yeah.
0: Nothing is. Dodecaphonia
2: uh, yeah. in music. Yeah. So when there is no harmony. Schizophrenia is there. So, statics is the basis of the universe. And it's not possible for a person to be balanced and healthy if they enjoy cacophonia and and decaphonia.
0: And dodecaphonic music.
2: Yeah, this kills the brain.
0: Yeah, this is right. There's a very interesting documentary about that. Looking at 20th century music, which, of course, is much, we could say, much inferior to what was produced in the eighteen, seventeen, eighteen hundreds. 1800s. But uh, looking at uh, some music of some popular composers that reintroduced the harmony that was being stripped away by these dodecaphonic people. And, and you know the result can
2: be, like, the more and more we we are sticked to cell phones and to... Computers and internet, and this dissolves the magnetism of the brain. It um, breaks apart the magnetism of the brain, because our brain works with magnetic waves, mostly. So when we get too much involved with this kind of digital kind of communication, we break apart, or we break down the harmony... The sound, the music, the balance, uh, the health of our brains and our neurons. And the results are like this, that lately more and more people manifest uh, a weird behavior when they are sleeping. They can, like, have some corporeal body activities, like, totally disconnected from their brain when they are sleeping, like somnambulism yeah
0: like walking and walking in their sleep this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: and you know uh, more and more people do this they they not that they wake up they stand up from yeah. bed yeah. and they go they take this the, their cell phones and they say, send text messages
0: while they're sleeping
2: while they're sleeping <laughs> and yeah. w- nonsense ones like the weird and disconnected words and they don't remember the day after like uh, another syndrome which is called uh when they feed like um night f- kind of feeding or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. when they are asleep and they go down to the kitchen to
0: get something to eat
2: but they are they do this while they are sleeping sleeping. and they wake up and they see all this mess in the kitchen the day after and they say oh my god what is this they don't remember they do sex when they are sleeping too and sometimes uh, the people wake up like with a symptom that as if something blew up exploded in their minds like a bomb like a siren like um like a buzina
0: a horn a horn, horn of a
2: car and i myself woke up a few times hearing the telephone ringing but no there was not telephone ringing at all but i heard clearly like a telephone ringing and and this this is something that through the bad habits we get we more and more disorganized, um, disorganize our brain. Like I have to work all the time with Skype, with computer and with telephones because I attend many clients by telephone. So it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. So, we, we cannot avoid being harmed no. by our environment. This is so sad. In a, and also, uh, something that happens that is called apnea. I don't know this word. It's a scientific word. Sleep. When
0: Ap- apnea. Is it apnea? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. When you are sleeping and then you stop breathing. Yeah. And you wake up. Yeah. This can last one minute. 80 seconds sometimes, wow. and people don't die. They don't know why why they don't die, but they don't die. But what happens is that their brain goes apart from the body, and they cannot, like, feel consciously that they they stopped breathing. So it's a, di- a disconnection, total separation, mind from body, and their minds. Uh, they stay as if everything was normal. This is like a uh, uh, um, beyond, like out of the body experience. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, a spiritual experience, a small experience similar to this after death mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And people can really die, and they don't realize they are dead already. Sometimes because they were sleeping and they had a, a rest as they call respiratory yes. Uh, arrest. Yes. And but this happens more and more with more people, like ha- being twenty seconds, thirty seconds, sixty seconds, eighty seconds without breathing, and then when the mind and the soul comes back to the body, they will wake up.
0: Incredible. Yeah. So you, what you're saying something now? I think it's very uh, interesting to me, Claudia, because it's like this. Um, digital world that we we praise ourselves so much for having developed is really causing a lot of harm and yes it is and uh, this is something that we need to return to an analog world as much as we can because like you said I'm, I'm totally on the computer all the time too i produce our radio programs We need digitally. more magnetism. We need more magnetism. which is the
2: basis of life. Yeah. And less el- electronics, yeah. electrical yeah. energy. Yeah. which is a byproduct or a of magnetism. So we
0: have to return to our idea of recording this program in analog form and putting it on the computer to edit it. I, Will, Elijah Ness, has been talking to me about that for a year, and there's got to be some way to do that to record our program as an actual analog recording so we have it magnetized <laughs> and then putting it in the computer to do the editing and all that Beautiful. stuff. That would be something. But you
2: see in those old movies, like I, I've seen one about Christmas, some tales of Dickens, Charles Dickens.
0: Love Dickens
2: so beautiful.
0: He was amazing. So beautiful,
2: and so at that time people had less TV, less no TV, no TV Mm yet, yeah, Yeah.
0: no digital, no no MP three,
2: yeah. And they were much happier and much more magnetic. And happy was happiness was happiness. Yeah, sadness was sadness. Yeah, Uh, and much less mental. Disturbances.
0: Of course, there was a huge amount of misery caused by the socially powerful, but in this sense of uh, the true values of life, they were very strong there.
2: Until the um, 60s or 70s, last century, there was almost no case found in kids, in children up to seven years old, of mental sickness. Wow. It was such an exception to find a child with, uh, like, uh, under 10 years old. They, they didn't ever get sick, mentally sick. They could manifest sadness. They could manifest anger. They could manifest love. Uh, but sickness, like depression, anxiety, agitation... Um, autism this almost didn't happen and now you see how many children take Prozac and other kind of uh, drugs to to help parents to control the situation that is totally outside of control and all these kids are linked to the net to this digital kind of machines So people don't mention this more because this is a huge market and huge economic power.
0: Yes, enormous. And all of these geniuses of the Internet world are supported by this trilateral group that wants to... Maybe we are in time
2: already to read an excerpt. And I'm sure people who are too much out of their magnetic level... uh, as this doctor says, this is linked to the diencephalus. To the, this kind of communication is very much diencephalic. The emotional feelings people don't want to feel. And they are becoming incapable to feel. Yes. They are becoming like, everybody's becoming like a psychopath. Yeah, Because they are incapable more and more to feel emotions, to feel love, to feel affection, to be joyful, to even to feel anger. They sometimes uh, manifest and they are involved and dominated by anger. But you know that feeling, I don't like that person because of this or that, this anger is like an explosion in them. Sometimes they explode out of nothing yeah. and, and yeah. anger attacks. Uh, but I think that if we still have listeners that have some degree of magnetism, they can enjoy this excerpt.
0: Christ brought the most optimistic message of all. I'm going to speak here of the Christ who is unknown, or better, the God who is unknown, because of our mortal envy. The envy which not only leads us to deny him, but even worse, prevents us from recognizing him as he truly is. We now have the contribution of science to open our eyes to a dimension that religion and the philosophies separately have not managed to perceive. I want to speak about the true Christ, the Lord of the earth, the planets and the stars the owner of all that exists he who has not one iota of error or deceit he who is total happiness and joy which our unbounded envy prevents us from seeing I want to speak of that being who because he's so immense and generous and good came to earth to show us that we live in one kingdom only, which is His. The most optimistic message that humanity has ever received is that of Christ. It's incredible how He surmounted with the greatest ease all of the things that cause human beings so much anxiety. He overcame the errors human beings make. He triumphed over death with resurrection. He achieved a vast universal communion among men and women. But principally, He demonstrated God's love in considering us as His children and heirs, in considering us as the owners, together with Him, of all goodness, of all things that exist, and of life itself. He is a flame of affection, an infinite being, whose full dimension our eyes can never perceive, whose music our ears cannot wholly capture, whose fragrance we cannot fully detect, whose delights reserved especially for us we cannot completely feel or taste. Interestingly enough, he has put all of this at our disposal because he loves us. We need only to accept it. Merry Christmas from all of us at the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. That's our final program for 2012. Talk to you in 2013. Have a great Christmas and a best of the new year to you. Bye-bye for now.